This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Gentlemen, herzlich willkommen uh, to another digital citizen. Uh, my name is Fro. With me, I have Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. Um, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Well, except my back's out. But other than that, well, yep. I got a heating pad on me right now as we speak as we were doing the show, but. Oh, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a one thing that I like picked up something heavy and it went out. It was like over time, like doing co- continuously doing things, and then one day I woke up and it was just out. And it'll be better hopefully soon. Uh, but it's still it's still amazingly uh, hard to wake up and feel like your body doesn't move. Uh, it's like, ugh. Yeah, usually I put when I when my back goes out, it's like in between my shoulder blades because it happens occasionally. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Just sometimes, just from like sleeping wrong or working really hard one day, and then you sleep wrong, and then it goes out in in your sleep or whatever. But believe it or not, it's not. It's like it's my I I I put my butt out is what happened here. All right. Like my, it's my, it's my spine, but it's like my tailbone. So it's the muscles in my butt. So it feels like my, I put my butt out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, uh, is Thomas Cook a big company in, in, uh, the States? Have you ever heard about it? It's really big in, in, uh, uh, high school, uh, history textbooks. That's about it. <laughs> Who was Thomas Cook? He was like a trader back in the day. Like, uh. Really? Yeah. Explorer, trader. Thomas huh. Cook, yeah. I mean, famous famous okay. enough, I remember learning about him in history class. And I'm American, so okay. there you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, because you Americans are so amazingly school system. But yeah, they, they are out of business. So. Uh, one of the longest, um, they are UK-based tour operator, by the way. And uh, uh, they have like 600,000 customers that suddenly lost uh, their flights. So that was kind of shit. Uh, it's been a, a lot of talk of that uh, today 
in the uh, in the UK. Okay. So I'm not very very surprised, but uh, but uh, yeah, they are big enough. Uh, uh, I've traveled with Thomas Cook once. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't think they're here at all. I mean, I heard that this happened today, but I didn't even think twice of it because it's not it. I've never really uh, it had any dealings with them. So, mm. any other news that we're not going to dial? Oh, well, right we're sending in. troops to Saudi Arabia that kind of get get got thrown under <sighs> the bus by everything else that happened this Us. week. Uh, I read that. And I was like, uh, yeah, it seems like they're preparing something very big. And I'm, I'm yeah, they're putting very, troops very on the border in between it and Iran because they, they think yeah. Iran did this thing. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, let's go into the news uh, because uh, maybe, maybe one of the biggest news things we have had. Uh, in a long, 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 long time, when it comes to Trump, Lump, uh, there is this uh, new official, another digital citizen name, by the way, uh, <laughs> is that uh, there was a whistleblower uh, complaint involving uh, Trump's talk with a foreign leader. Why don't you tell me about this? Uh, revelations from the Washington Post about the contents of a whistleblower, whistleblower complaint filed within the intelligence community have rocked Washington. Uh, the Post reported that part of the complaint involves President Trump's communications with a foreign leader and a promise Trump made during a phone call with the person. It's unclear who the leader is or what the substance of the conversation was, which actually today they actually did come out with the actual transcripts of the yep. call, uh, I'm, I'm going to mm -hmm. go ahead and send you an article, and I'm going to read from that. This is an article from The Hill that I found this morning. The transcripts of the call from President Trump to UK President Zelensky is enough. <clears throat> uh, oh, right. Uh, even after the appearance of Robert Mueller before Congress to discuss his findings as special counsel, as special counsel, Trump felt no qualms about calling Zelensky the following day to push to him an investigation uh, of his plane, of his political opponent Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden. Uh, the whole thing is a breathtaking read. Trump trying to convince him to do a favor uh, by going after Biden's uh, after the Bidens and suggesting a meeting with William Barr and his personal lawyer. Right. <clears throat> Uh, <clears throat> I'm a little surprised that this is uh, some news. Uh, I knew it was Ukraine's president, but I knew that because of Rudy Giuliani. He had said it, more or less. It says here, uh, for those hoping to find dead prom a dead promise or a live Russian in the transcripts, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they will once again be disappointed. The transcript lacks critical element that needs uh, that that is needed for an impeachment which is the evidence of quid pro quo, Trump never connected the investigation with the receipt of roughly 400 millions in military aid. While he discussed the aid, he never suggests that he will not send it. That does not mean a case for impeachment or pr criminal prosecution cannot be made. Uh, 
unlikely myriad prior impeachable offenses uh, suggested by Democratic members, this allegation of self-dealing could both be an impeachable offense and a crime, though neither would be easy to prove with the evidence we have. But you know who the whistleblower is, right? I know who the whistleblower is. Who? Rudy Giuliani. This was news fucking last week. Or two weeks ago. That Rudy Giuliani said, said on... I, I think it was Fox or, uh, and Friends or whatever. Okay. He, he was like... Yeah. He was like... He, he was a little like worried uh, that he... Uh, Trump had... Uh, said uh, too much to this uh, Ukraine president. Well, like, why Giuliani is his still... lawyer, so he would have he would have why? knowledge of that, I suppose. But I don't think he's the whistleblower. Yeah. No, maybe, maybe not. But why? Why are people so freaking surprised over this? I don't really understand it because it's it's like. Uh, uh, this is all news. This two weeks old news. I don't think it is. Oh, I mean, as far as like the whistleblower coming out, it's not. Maybe oh, the whistleblower is new. Right. Yeah, that's the news here. Uh, Rudy right. Giuliani saying something on Fox News doesn't get taken seriously because it's Rudy Giuliani saying something on Fox News. So nobody right. right. Nobody's going. Oh my gosh! Something Fox News said. We better trust it. That's that's not happening for us. So there you go. There's your reasoning behind that. Mm. Why that's not a thing. <laughs> if that's your point, I guess. Yeah. No. No, it's my point. Definitely. Uh, Pelosi also uh, now officially calls uh, impeachment inquiries into Trump. So remember when you said. Last week that she didn't want to do this. Why is she suddenly changing, changing her, mind? her way? Could, right. Yeah. And, and of all things, this, I mean, of all the thing, bad things that this, Trump has done, yeah. that would be, <laughs> that have happened up until now that a lot of people have said should be impeach, impeachable infest, infest, offenses, and she said, no, we can't do it up until now. What about this makes this so much worse than all the other things, right? right? Or is this just a very convenient timing for this to happen? And it's a polit more of a political move. I don't know. Uh, for me, it feels uh, that it's more convenient because of the time since I've heard about it, and now it's suddenly all, all over the news. Well, it's because so, this whip whistleblower came out, he had complained about right. it, and then it wasn't answered, so he, he took his complaint to the press, and then the press got a hold of it. Uh, we, of course, right. I haven't seen any place uh, that's confirmed most like who this whistleblower is, so we don't know who, who the whistleblower is. We have no confirmation of that or um, what they're level of expertise i guess in this situation was you know what i mean because we don't know who it is right. we don't know how much they actually know if it was uh, a lower level person a higher level person um so yeah I, to me impeachment while i understand why they're doing it uh because if trump 
well, according to this, he there is no crime committed, but it could be an impeachable offense, I guess. Uh, it seems very convenient timing, and it also has to do with Biden, which is very strange. Uh, I think maybe the Biden stuff is more real than we think it is because nobody's talking about what happened with Biden. Like, why was this investigation happening in the first place is a good question, right? Right. His son it was is. involved with yeah. this oil company or whatever. Uh, right. And there were some shady dealings going on. Uh, yeah, so either way, even if they do impeach Trump, say they impeach him over this, that impeaching him, uh, if they run Pence, say, is going to be used in so many campaign strategies and everything else. Why is Trump not fighting back against impeachment right now? He thinks that this mm -hmm. is a good mm -hmm. thing for him, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know that he's 100% wrong, to be honest. No, I, I actually agree. It seems very, yeah. It just seems, it seems like very... jumping to conclusions a little bit also, yes. because we don't have a, a lot of the information. They, they, they uh, or Nancy Pelosi, I should say, not they, but she called for this impeachment inquiry the day before we get the release of the transcript. Why not right. wait for the transcript, wait 24 hours for the transcript to come out, read it, and then do impeachment? Right? Because right. you, she knew that's when it was coming out. Why not wait and get more evidence instead of just jumping, jump the gun? You know what I mean? We don't know who the whistleblower is. We don't have any of the transcripts. We don't have most of the information. But impeachment, bro. It's like, come on now. Sometimes I feel like she's working with Trump and I'm not fucking kidding you. How do you see Closely, it in this situation? I, I really don't know because it seems extremely weird for me. Like all this, all this talk about it, it seems a little big hoopla for absolutely nothing. I mean, the way I see it is as far as the 2020 election, this is kind of make or break in a way that Nancy Pelosi has put in a, a make or break situation for the Democrats where it's like, if they don't, if he gets off of impeachment because there's not enough evidence to impeach him, he's going to win. Mm -hmm. And if he, right. if they do impeach him, then uh, it's going to put more fire under uh, his base because they don't believe it's real. Or right. maybe, maybe they even say they do believe it's real. They're also going to be able to say, yeah, but Bi what was Biden doing? Right? They're going to be able to go, right. uh, yeah, he did this, but what was Biden doing? Uh, they're going to be able to e equal out the two things, and uh, it gives them more ammo. So it's lose-lose for the Democrats, in my opinion, but do what you will. Yeah, yeah. It's it's extremely weird. Um, other uh, people that has been uh, in the wind, uh, Boris Johnson is, is uh, probably not very, very happy uh, today because... The UK, UK Supreme Court rules uh, suspicion of Parliament was unlawful. I find it a little funny, like I said last week as a joke, that Boris Johnson maybe has to leave as a prime minister. <laughs> and then, and then it happens happened. today. I, right. Well, actually, just yeah. I, I don't know if you saw it, but today Jeremy Corbyn actually did call for a general election, which I think is hilarious 
Because wasn't it just two weeks yeah. ago that uh, ev- uh, Boris Johnson was saying Jeremy Corbyn was chicken? What did he say? Chicken something? He was a chicken for not uh, wanting right. a general election. And now Boris Johnson, two weeks later, is calling for a general election. UK politics is fucking weird, man. <laughs> but uh, Lady Hale said proroguing, frustrating, or preventing the ability of the parliament to carry out its constitutional functions. Uh, the Prime Minister's uh, decision to suspend parliament until 14 October was unlawful. Uh, Eleven uh, justices were uh, asked to determine the legitimacy of Boris Johnson's advice to the Queen to prorogue the Parliament uh, for what opponents described as a expect excessively long period. The panel held. Uh, and uh, in the New York, blah blah blah. Um, yeah. He had a lot of respect for this, but uh, he didn't think it was the right decision. But 11 out of the 11 judges said this was unlawful. Right. And that comes back to my thing that I said last week about this whole thing is if it's illegal uh, and Boris Johnson's going to get in trouble for it, isn't the queen the one that was right. in, enacted this whole thing? How is she not cal- uh, culpable in this in any way? I don't understand how well, it can be illegal uh, for him to do it, but she's the one who actually ended up doing it, and it's not illegal for her. It's right. Very, right. I, I, I will tell you why, because she did it on his advice. So, But she um, did it, right? Then, <laughs> right if if right, I murder somebody with your advice, right? <laughs> I understand you. Am I still murdering somebody, or are you murdering somebody? <laughs> me, me. It was me all along. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, 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 it feels, this this feels even more wedged than the impeachment thing. I I must admit that I watched the whole uh, the thing, I, I followed this uh, pretty closely, and I was 98% sure that uh, the Supreme Court would just say this is okay. I, would, I was 98% sure because uh, they lost in every court system before that. I mean, you can't go directly to the Supreme Court. They lost in the other court uh, hearings before the Supreme Court, so I'm I'm very curious that the Supreme Court suddenly uh, decided to go against its colleagues and everything. I I just thought they would say, "Hey, this is nothing the Supreme Court should say something about because it's political and not really about law." Sure. So, I'm surprised. Right. And now we just move forward to the end of October and see what happens there. If we don't have a general election in between then and now, I guess, right? So. Yeah, well, the, the, the thing is, like, it has to be 20 working days between the day you say, hey, we are going to have a general election, uh, and to it happens. So, the... 
soon as they could do it is the day of the Brexit day. And that had to mean that they had to agree to a new election today. If That doesn't <laughs> if make sense. You said 20 days? Done. That would be like the 11th of next month. 20 working days. Oh, 20, 20 working days. days. Ah, yes. Way to be confusing. Yes. Uh, sure. Okay. Speaking of England, uh, yeah. and Prince Andrew, uh, Jeffrey Epstein mm-hmm. accuser says, I was trafficked to Prince Andrew. Uh, woman who has, a woman has described in detail how she was uh, allegedly had sex with Prince Andrew in 2001 when she was only 17 years old. Uh, speaking to Dateline on NBC, uh, Virginia Grufrey claimed the incident happened in Gislaine Maxwell's London house after royal after the royal gave her vodka at a nightclub. Again, why is this Gislaine Maxwell person not in jail? Like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, the prince <laughs> has repeatedly denied he had any form of sexual contact with the or relationship with Miss Grufrey. Any claim to the contrary is false and without foundation, he says. Miss Grufrey is one of 16 women who claim they were abused uh, by Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, and then it goes into kind of what happened. So I guess this lady or this girl was with, she thought she was with Epstein, right? And so uh, she was traveling what? around with him. And then Ghislaine Maxwell kind of tricked her and, well, got her drunk and then was kind of like, Oh, you know that stuff you uh, do for Jeffrey? Do it for this prince. And that's how she ended up kind of pimping her out. Uh, you know, tricking a 17-year-old into having sex with an old man. It's kind of, it's it's gross. Yeah. Sorry, I had to sneeze. Uh, oh. Yes. <laughs> I was like, uh, did I lose from? Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I was sneezing. Uh, no, I totally agree. This is totally gross, and uh, it is incredibly uh, weird. I, I, I think Prince Andrew is guilty. Is that okay that I say that? Yeah. Well, he's admitted knowing he's Epstein uh, in in the past. He admitted to knowing right. him, so we do know that. Uh, Right. She, the woman, claims she had sex with him three times, um, including one orgy on his uh, on his private island in the Caribbean. Right. Yeah. And he's very married, by the way. So. He's very married. You very mean? Very married. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Right, but yes. I don't think any of these people really give a crap about that about marriage or laws no. or anything else. Clearly. They're like, I'm rich, I I can get away with whatever I want. I asked someone that's English, uh, do you think he's guilty? And she answered 116%. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Because, uh, because, like, yeah, he believes he could get away with it. And it looks like he's getting away with it. It will be interesting. I, I, I... I think it would be very good for uh, the UK to have something else to think about uh, right now. So why not uh, have a case against Prince Andrew in the middle of this Brexit thing? I mean, (laughs) 
Why not? Sure. Okay, you want yeah. to go into the next story, I guess? Uh, maybe he wants to, I, I was going to say, maybe he wants to delete his name of, of, of Google soon. It would probably help him out if he was able to just delete himself completely yeah. off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> well, according to, uh, I believe it's uh, European law, Google, yeah. uh, it says Google will not ha have to apply Europe's right to be forgotten law globally. Uh which the right to be forgotten law we've talked about in the past on the show. Right. If you remember. I do. Uh, we talked about it when we did, what's her name? I cannot remember her name. Uh, the Streisand effect. Well, Bar Barbara Streisand. Yes, right. Yes. I couldn't remember her first name. I had the last name in my head, but for some reason, the first name completely, probably because <laughs> she's not a relevant celebrity anymore at all whatsoever. Um, yeah, the Streisand effect. Funny, I, just, I was just going to say, for me, she's a monster in, in South Park. That's most what she's known for. <laughs> in my world. <laughs> this whole idea of the anyway. right to be forgotten is the idea right. of a law to battle the Streisand effect of the internet, which uh, that's what this whole thing is about. Uh, Europe passed this law. Uh, the continent's top global court ruled on Tuesday in a landmark case uh, that Google will not have to apply the right to be forgotten law. Uh, mm-hmm. It has been pitted personal, it, which has pitted personal privacy rights against freedom of speech. The victory for the U.S. tech titan means that while it must remove links to sensitive personal da data from the internet search results in Europe when required, it does not have to scrap them from searches elsewhere in the world. The case has best well, unless it's China. Uh, the case has been viewed as a landmark <laughs> test in an age of internet that knows no borders of whether people can demand a blanket removal of information about themselves from searches without stifling free speech and legitimate public interest. <clears throat> Remember that picture we were looking for of uh, President Clinton with that uh, cult leader? Yeah. And we could not find that picture yep. anywhere on the internet? Yeah, it doesn't happen in, the, in America either at yep. all, ever. Um, Never. Uh, also, it has been seen by policy makers and companies around the world as a test to whether the European Union can extend its law beyond its own territory. The ruling, which applies to all search engines, is a rare is rare positive news for big tech companies under intense official scrutiny at both sides of the Atlantic over their dominant positions uh, and uh, and their gathering of vast amounts of, of data. Yeah, this is a, this yeah. is a big big thing that isn't really being talked about right now. Yeah, I, I find it uh, a little surprising that this uh, has not been covered more than it has, to be honest. Uh, because I, I I was pretty sure that they were going to lose, because it's, it's I mean, it's a very hard law to um, give uh, uh, Someone like Google, um, and I, I, I don't know if you, I've, I've done stupid shit online. Trust me, I know everything about that, and I think 
is it my right to have it forgotten uh, and nobody can like search it up in 10 years? I don't know if it is. If I did it online and I stupidly did it, shouldn't there be a record to hold me accountable? Yeah, and there should be as long as it's yeah. not on MySpace. And then if you did it on MySpace <laughs> now, nobody will ever find out about it. But Right. I mean, there's probably still some... But do you understand that... what I'm... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It, it, I think it, it's, I think it does stifle free, free speech. Uh, for instance, uh, it can't, it, it can be a bad thing in certain scenarios. Like, uh, remember the whole controversy last year with the Oscars, with the host who said a couple things on Twitter as a joke like ten years ago, and then they had to kick him off right. the Oscars. Should he have the right to be forgotten in that situation? No, he said some stupid things. Was that right. taken way, way, way too far? Yes. But that's a situation right. where it wasn't the problem of the internet. Uh, it was the problem of the people and how they were using the internet. So when it comes to when it comes to Barbara Streisand, she wanted to get this picture of her house taken off the internet because she didn't want this picture of her house on the internet. But the more she tried to get rid of it, the more it was spread across the internet. Same with all these other things, right. especially the... Out, uh, outrage cancel culture we see nowadays on the internet it it builds out of the whole idea of the streisand effect so this right. um right to be forgotten law is a way to stem that whole thing is to try to uh, stop people from some in a way protesting certain things because if you have somebody what if prince andrew 10 years ago wrote on myspace man i really love getting down with these 16 year olds we, we, we would want to right. know about that right now, right? So, Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I think UFOs are, are doing it. Uh, they have uh, written down, uh, they have uh, uh, write their complaints to Google because uh, you're not supposed to see them, uh, according to military of, uh, officials. Uh, remember those uh, viral UFO videos you saw last year? Well, the government would you like you to forget them, please. <laughs> Is that how it works, Luke? Exactly. We're just going to blank this all from our minds. Yeah. We're going to do the men in black little <laughs> stick jobby and just make your <laughs> memory disappear. In December 2017 and March of uh, 2018, the New York Times released their three um, alleged disclassified this videos showing U.S. Navy pilots traveling, uh, trailing some unidentified flying objects. The mysterious craft moved at the hypersonic speeds, flying tens uh, of thousands of feet uh, above the Earth. And with no uh, distinct wing engine or visible signs of propulsion or whatever, where there's flying search uh, sorcerer, incredibly high tech drones. The pilot had no ideas, according to a recent statement from the Navy intelligence officers. Neither does the U.S. government. In the statement delivered to the intelligence news website, The Black Waltz, Joseph Grandich, a spokesman for the deputy chief of the Naval Operations for the Information Warfare, Jesus Christ, that was a long title, 
announced that the Navy officially considered the craft uh, these three videos identified aerial phenomena. Is this the thing that we're supposed to say? UAP? UAP? Yes. Which we actually named one yes. of our shows with UAV in it somewhere, yes. I remember. Yeah. Yes. I just think it's interesting right uh, here. It says Naval Operations for Information Warfare. What the hell is that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does that mean like the PR people or like, what the hell? In Information Warfare. That's like the name of Alex Jones' website. And this is from the Navy? What's going on here? Uh, it says down here... <laughs> Uh, according to the Black Vault, the videos may have been improperly released by a former Pentagon employee who applied for permission to share them across several government agencies as part of a database and unmanned aerial vehicles he was alleged, excuse me, allegedly compiling. He, perceived, mm -hmm. uh, he received permission to share the videos uh, for government use only. Uh, Paperwork obtained by the Black Vault shows. However, Navy officials never declassified the footage for public release. So we saw some classified videos when we put those on our show, bro. Yep. Well, uh, we we're going to to uh, uh, like uh, have a stamp where it says top secret on it, and we will stamp that episode with. Top secret. Right, because exactly. That's how it works in every fucking movie I've seen ever. Because especially the movie Top Secret. Top... <laughs> especially the movie Top Secret. So if you stamp stamp something Top Secret, it is Top Secret, look. Hey, look. Um, this week, uh, of course, we have forgotten the most important news. A thousand people did gather at uh, Area 51, and they did uh, get to see them aliens. I don't think it was a thousand people. <laughs> oh, it was a thousand people. Over a thousand people. Millions and millions of people went there, right? Uh, Area right? 51 base camp uh, organizer Keith Wright said that, that after drawing just 500 attendees to Friday's event after the planned oh. 5,000 at the Alien Research <laughs> Center souvenir shop, uh, mm -hmm. uh, they had pulled the plug, right? So a few days before the event actually happened, the person who was really running the event, I guess, canceled it. And then the people in the town decided we're just going to throw an event anyways. Uh, it was a gamble, yeah. and they financially lost, it says. Uh, the promoter of the event set up around Storm Area 51 internet craze, uh, internet craze in remote Nevada desert pulled the plug due to low attendance, but the host of the festival for several thousands of people in the town of Rachel said the show will go on. Right, did you see any footage of this? Yeah, um, I think there were more YouTubers... And press. It was YouTubers and press. Right. <laughs> then, then actual people uh, <laughs> that was there to, to follow up on this. Because everything I saw was either from YouTubers or from press. Uh, even it in the biggest a... news outlets, like all the biggest news outlets I was reading yeah. on Friday, they all had this picture of a guy in a, uh, what do you call it, 
spacesuit, like an astronaut's right. spacesuit. And that guy's right. a Tozy. He's a he is a YouTube star. Like yeah. he yep. was totally trolling the mainstream press, and they had apparently no idea because every single one of them put his picture on the on the on the, like their uh, stories. It was hilarious. I'm very proud that he's half Norwegian, by the way. Is it is it half Norwegian? I, I don't even know how. It, I I think he. Well, I know he lived in Norway for a while. He was like when I first started following him, but I don't know if it part his family uh, is or if he just lived there or what. What? But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he talks a lot about Norway, so I love that guy. Um, yeah, um, it's 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 one of those things where. I think uh, people uh, had more fun about the memes than actually being there. Because when I saw pictures from the concert and things like that, it looked like a desert with a very, very like few people standing there. <laughs> right. It <laughs> with had some music and entertainment and like that. Right. They say 500 attendees, but there was probably 100 just regular people and the rest... 400 like press oh, yeah. and YouTubers and yeah, and just YouTube, a lot of press yeah. really. Um, and a lot of YouTubers. Oh, I guess a lot I mean, of military people. Cause they, they did like right. the military took it seriously in the sense that the videos I saw, the gate is just all these armed guards with giant guns and bulletproof vests and everything else. They were not, uh, they were taking it seriously as, as you could, I guess. Right. But uh, the people that got arrested was even like YouTubers. So, I mean, oh, there were two people arrested like, days before. I think it, they were arrested on Wednesday night. So, like the day we did right. the show last week. But they they were there like before the event actually happened and got arrested. And they were like uh, what, okay. ger German or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that meme, I mean, it, it went more well than I was hearing. I thought maybe we would have, uh, talked today about a lot of people like actually trying to do it. So I'm, I'm happy that it only was 500 people that actually showed up and 400 of them was YouTubers and press. So I'm 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 pleased, even though it's bad for the people that were there and will use a lot of money, of course. But I think they will recover. It's their fucking own fault that they gambled on something like this. I I it 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 just was a very funny thing to see all these people dressed up in silly costumes standing outside of like an actual military yep. base just like having a party outside of a military base that in and of itself is funny all right hey possible yeah go ahead sighting of luck of uh luck ness monster may back up scientist theory we talked about this uh theory that uh, it could be eels last week Right, so they released an eight-second video. So go ahead and give me a countdown. We'll play the video yeah. and then we'll talk about it. Um. Okay. All right. Hmm. Oh. Okay. 
So let's do that again. Uh, I'm going to give you a countdown if yep. you're ready. Ready? Yep. In three, two, one, play. There's a fish. What am I looking at? Yeah, what what am I looking at? Right? <laughs> this is the worst evidence I've ever seen. There's a fish in a stream. I don't know what the hell we're supposed to see in this at all. What are we supposed to see? I think it's the... Bl There's definitely something moving in the background, like in the black. You see that? Like if you play it... Play it over and look in the background behind. See that thing moving back there? Right at the oh, beginning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does look pretty uh, gigantic. Yeah. Compared to the fish, at least. Uh, but that is a fucking small fish. Well, we don't have any frame of reference, yeah. really. But, yeah, it, it... I mean, it looks like sure. a medium-sized fish, maybe. Then again, it's not as funny as Terence Howard. Oh my god. Uh, I've seen so many videos of this. People discuss it. We are going to talk about, uh, talk about the Emmys uh, a little later. But uh, Terence Howard was uh, interviewed uh, because he's giving up acting um, after this last season, season of... What is his show called again? Sorry? Oh, Terrence Howard? Yeah. Oh, Empire? Empire. Right. That's the show, yeah. And, uh, yeah. See, I always uh, think of him from up. Hustle and Flow is the place I always... I think that's right. where he got, like... Didn't he win an Academy Award or something for that? Yeah. And, uh, have you seen this clip? Uh, yes, I have. It is really funny. So, um, yeah. Let's uh, t uh, see what the uh, interview looks like uh, at the uh, Emmys. Let's play it. Are you ready? Uh-huh. In three, two, one, go. Lucius is in the house. Uh, Terrence Howard here. You made huge... Okay, they're on the red carpet. You said after you complete these 15 episodes of Empire, mm -hmm. you got to walk away for a while or forever? For good. I'm, I'm, I mean, everyone keeps trying to tell me, don't say it's forever. But I've spent 37 years pretending to be people so that people can pretend to watch and enjoy. <laughs> pretend to doing, watch and enjoy. I've made some discoveries in my own personal okay. life. Okay. The science that, you know, Pythagoras was searching oh. for. I was able to open up the flower of life properly and find right. the real okay. wave conjugations. Yep. Mm. Real wave con conjugations. Yeah. Why would I continue? Mm -hmm. You know, walking on water for tips when I've got an entire generation to teach a whole new world. To that, that's a big remark. Yeah. What, what, what do you intend to, to do? Well, let me put it this way. All energy in the universe is expressed in motion. All motion is expressed in mm -hmm. waves. All waves are curves. So where does the straight line Yeah. Come? All waves are curves. Yeah. There are no there are spiky waves. So when I took the flower of life and opened it properly, I found a whole new wave conjugation. <laughs> okay. So he was on drugs, clearly. It's the thing that holds us all together. DMT is what I'm getting here. I'm feeling a lot, a lot of DMT vibes coming. Like he took some DMT for the first time and he was like, the flower of life, I've opened it. Right. It's so funny. It's so funny. I've seen that clip before. 
over and over again. It makes me laugh every single time. Yeah. Every single time. The wave conjugations, bro. Of course. It has all to do with the wave <laughs> conjugations. Uh, so, um, are we going to listen to Throne Tells the Truth this week? I honestly don't yeah. have any idea. It could, it, there could be a Tron Tells the Truth here. There could be not. We really don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I can understand other cultures do things differently than Norwegians. But it's some things I can't understand. Why they eat snails in France? How hungry must you get to say you want to eat a snail? Well, I can partly get why they eat shark at Iceland who fucking smell and taste like urine. Yes. The only dish I ever eaten in my life, my body rejected. Yeah, I couldn't swallow the food because body rejected the food. But that was long far-fetched for what I was going to talk about. What I still look at the United States, there's something I don't understand. I don't understand why I don't want healthcare. I don't get it. Use more money on healthcare than other countries and you get less again for it. Why I mention this now is... For over six months now, I had a condition who is extremely painful. Sometimes I cannot do a shit. I have to lock myself in a dark room just to get peace and quiet. My half of my head hurts like hell. While I'm talking, while you're listening to this, I'm at the doctor. And he's going to examine me, and I got some x-rays and so on. I can do this without getting bankrupt. If I have a condition that's not good for me, I can get treatment without getting bankrupt. I can still pay for my apartment and so on. A lot of, us say, a lot of people say that when they talk about healthcare, they talk about giving away free stuff. But it's not giving away free stuff. This is things you use taxes for. And I don't think taxes, using taxes on people's health, it's a bad thing. I don't. I don't think anybody else should do either. They always say that the private sector can do things better. Well, yes and no. When you treat the private sector like it is a religion, like just saying something is private sector and you run it like a business is going to be perfect, but it doesn't. If you, if your business is treating people who are sick, you want a lot of people to be sick. And if you can earn more money than not treating people at all, Yes, that's your business model. If you have a public healthcare system, that's not the way you think. And I don't think that this is the way you should think either. If I've been living in the United States now, I would be bankrupt. Maybe I've been living under a bridge with war veterans who was promised they're going to defend your perfect democracy. I think healthcare should be for all. You can call me a socialist, but it's very strange that Norway have a conservative government. We never want to touch that model. Why? Because people like it. Even conservatives in this country, even conservatives in Sweden, and conservatives in Denmark, conservatives in Britain, Germany, France, and so many other countries. Why is it the conservatives in Europe who understand that this is a good idea? The United States always like to brag about themselves as the best on everything. But it, things must be thin down to results, not just posters, not just commercial campaigns, and not ideology. 
ideology is a good thing, but it's going to be a should be a roadmap. It's going to be a map to like like an experiment. In ideology today, it's like religion. Even though every science shows that something is wrong with ideology, you still do it again and again and again. Trickle-dog economics doesn't work. We do it again and again. Cut taxes, we do it again and again. And we have a, you have a private, <laughs> private healthcare system, and it fails again and again and again. I will never move to the United States. I would not recommend anyone to move to, move to the United States because I want something to be free. Not free. I paid for it in taxes. So my taxes now can benefit me and benefit people who's not that good. I know that maybe I'm not music forever and I'm going to work for many years still. And there are people who will, who will also must use the healthcare system more than I do and maybe not pay that much taxes, but I still think it's worth it as a society. I want to give back to some, back to the people who don't have, so, have the same opportunities that I have. I think it's a good thing about society. Hmm, that was so interesting what you said there, Trump, maybe. Or maybe Yeah, not. so interesting what... <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> hey, the Emmys was this week. Um, are we going to address uh, the elephant in the room that you thought it was next month? No? I think I just saw whatever the date was, and then I wrote down, uh, you know, 10 whatever instead of um, 9 whatever, and just got it mixed up on our right. run sheet. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm not going to do everything, but Outstanding Drama Series, winner Game of Thrones, Outstanding Comedy Series, uh, winner Fleabag, uh, Cody Comer from Killing Eve won Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series, uh, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Dream Drama Series went to Billy Porter, who also was the first Afro-American openly gay man to uh, win an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor. Okay. For people that, that, that care I'm about not going to take anything away from him, but the, the quite a number of caveats you had to put in there, but sure. Right. <laughs> um, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Fleabag won Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. Uh, Bill Hader won for Barry. Wow, uh, the first the one I team. actually agree with on this whole list so far. Continue. Yeah. Uh, Julia Garner uh, from All Sarks for Supporting Actress in the Dharma Series. Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones, We Don't Fucking Care. For I saw that in speech series. in the very last episode. We watched it, and it was a terrible speech by him. It was awful. <laughs> Not that I don't think he's a good actor. It's just that that's the only no. thing of Game of Thrones I saw. And that speech where he's like right. talking about who needs to be king was the most bullshit speech that took way too long and was nonsense, but sure. Uh, Alex Borstein went from uh, Marvelous Miss Mabel. Uh, anything else? I've seen the limited series Chernobyl. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, Bandersnatch 
one outstanding television movie, Bandersnatch. Oh, yeah. Right. Which... It should. Right. It, it should win, but uh, I almost feel like it wasn't a fair race because it was so much different than everything else, right? But I... Sure. Oh, yeah. It's almost like a video game. It almost doesn't count as a TV show, almost, in a way, but... Right. But, yeah, a lot of uh, wins for Fleabag. I love that... A television show, so it, it is fucking funny. Oh my gosh. Did you click? What? Okay. Last week on the movie, or the TV round, we talked about the new show, new Netflix show, I Land. Yes. And uh, yesterday, we uh, Fro sent me a thing that said, I Land is the first Netflix show to ever get a 0% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But now yeah. I'm clicking Rotten Tomatoes, and that's gone. Really? It says, not enough ratings to calculate a score. Average tomato reader. Meter, I mean. Oh. It no longer has a percentage. They deleted the percentage because it was so low, apparently. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, because I sent you an article that Ireland... I see that now. Yeah. They obviously either the Netflix or Rotten Tomatoes people saw that article as well, Fro. <laughs> and this is not new. Yeah. Remember they uh, with the whole what was it, Captain Marvel thing and changing the rating on that, yeah. and then there was like getting rid of yeah. this and getting rid of that. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is becoming just untrustworthy as a rating site because it seems like they're uh, what's a good word for it? Not maybe not sticking to their guns and also possibly being influenced by maybe monetary reasons. Maybe? Right. Allegedly? Maybe? Maybe? If you talk to Lewis, I am a bitch. Maybe? <laughs> okay, look. This, uh, uh, but it has still an average audience score of 33%. And I want to talk to those 33% of, of uh, the average audience score and just say, no, no. You're fucking wrong. I looked at this page last <laughs> night when I went to bed, and there was a 0% on it. When I went to bed last night, I wake up this right. morning, and it's gone. Yeah. It also great. had reviews down here. Like Yes, it did. And there's not even a section, because usually right here, where it, above where, where it says... Or, Above where it says Island Videos and below where it says Most Recent Episode, usually there would be a section for reviews. Right. That was there last yeah. night. And is no longer there. It's not there. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. This has been taken down. Right. Chicken fucking shits. What's the <laughs> point? If you're not, if movies aren't allowed to be bad anymore, and if they're called bad, then you, you just pretend that, that the score doesn't exist now? Like, only movies are only allowed to be good from now on, Fro. And if they're bad, they get... They get sent to 1984's uh, editing studio. Well, look, I've seen some TV this week. Oh my gosh, it's been so many TVs. Let's begin. With I mean, this this criminal. is the big start of sweeps, right? Uh, but yes. last week wasn't that busy. It was maybe the last three days that where all the all the shows started kicking in. Yeah. Well, let's start with Criminal. Uh, it is a very smart, intelligent thing they have done. Uh, it's three episodes from each country. There are four countries uh, that are 
have their own storyline, their own uh, actor, uh, everything um, is uh, inside an uh, interrogation room. Uh, everything is inside a police like sham- chamber. Uh, there's a UK version, there's a Spanish version, there's a French uh, version, and there's a German version. Uh, I've seen every version, so together, uh, six, uh, 12 episodes. Oh, Frodo's math. Um, I will do it in the order of who I thought was best. Uh, I will do Germany first. Germany was... And nine out of ten. Then we have, uh, uh, I think it was very close between Spain and and uh, French. Uh, I think maybe the Spanish one was better. Uh, Storyline all over. I will give it eight and a half, and I will give the French one an eight, uh, and then I will give the UK version a uh, seven. Terrific. Uh, yes. Let's see, what did I see? All on Netflix. Sure. Um, but uh, I don't know where to start here. I guess I'll start with uh, something returning and go into the new stuff after that. So I saw first episode of the second season of The Connors. Mm, okay. Returning... Uh, that returning show, which I thought was the third season, but Roseanne <laughs> the, was the first season. Not... Roseanne fucked it up, up for you, yeah. Yeah, it screws up my head. They had that new season of Roseanne, so I thought that the Connors yeah. was season two. It was in season two, but it's act. This is actually season two. I don't know. This it sticks to the same kind of format as the show or the Roseanne show always did, but this. Episode was a little lackluster. I gave it a five right in the middle. I didn't think it was great. Okay. I haven't seen it, so... I will not say anything about it. Um, Let's see. What was the worst? Um, Bob Hart's Arbisola. Arbisola. I saw the first episode of this. Uh, It's a comedy show. Okay, uh, it is very, very, very American sitcom. I did not like it. I thought it was as bad as uh, if you see in the trailer, you've seen the whole fucking first episode, more or less. Uh, I will give it another chance. I give it a four out of ten. Uh, this was about a guy who has a heart attack. He. Uh, Get his, he has a nurse, and she's very nice to him, and he kind of falls for this nurse. Um, and his name is Bob, and her name's Abishula. And that's where the heart comes in, is because he had a heart attack, which I think was interesting, I guess. I laughed a few times at this show. I thought there were some good jokes in there. Uh, it was your just standard American sitcom, but as far as that goes, it made me laugh, and I'll watch it again, so I gave it a 7. A seven? Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see. What else did I see? Emergence. Um, this is a sci-fi show about a plane or something that crashes. 
in the waterfront and uh, this policewoman finds this kid that maybe has superpowers. Does this remind me of something I've seen before? Yes, it does. <laughs> very much uh, so. It's very generic. It's very... Um, it's not bad, but it's not good either. But it kept interesting. I think the acting is okay. I think the... I think... I think the most interesting thing will be like uh, in this first episode, like the parents of the child uh, comes uh, and says they want the child back, but of course it's not the parents of the child. Uh, so what does this child has and like who is trying to get the child and things like that? It's kind of interesting. So I give it a five point five. <clears throat> yeah, I thought this uh, for an ABC show, uh, pretty good. Yeah. It seems like ABC came out with a bunch of shows this week. Um, what f- four? I think five, maybe even. Uh, Bob meet uh, Bob Hart's Abashula was on CBS, I think, right? Uh, but most of these other shows that I saw this week were on ABC. Emergence was like the one show. That was kind of more a serious show that I saw from ABC. The other ones were sitcom co- and comedies. Um, mm-hmm. As a serious network show, I mean, they can't go the places like an HBO can go or things like that with, like, the violence and stuff. But right at the very end, uh, you know, where she's in the bathroom, the little girl. You, yes. there, there's yeah. a little bit of blood there. I was a little bit surprised that ABC yeah. would go there. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that little twist made me go okay i want to see a little more because it made you realize this little girl knows more about what's going on than she's than she's portraying right oh yeah it's definitely something i'm 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 going to keep an eye on uh it will be interesting to see how it goes right this was season one episode one a television show i yeah uh overall i thought uh, acting was pretty good. I thought the little girl was surprisingly a good actress. I've never seen her in anything. Mm-hmm. I, I was pretty surprised at how well she did. Some of the storyline is a little like uh, it's not fleshed out yet. And some of the certain side actors are not good. The main actress is good. I like right. the, the dad who I've seen in a, a lot of different things. Um, yeah. And the little girl are good. But a lot of the side actors are very mediocre actors. Overall, I give it a six. So we're pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, All Rise uh, is about this uh, hey now. new... Uh, sorry? I said, hey now. Oh, oh All Rise. Right. <laughs> I get the joke. It's about this uh, judge uh, that is new on her job. Um... Uh, her first uh, day as a judge, and we follow her in uh, her courtroom. This is a very courtroom-driven show. I love jury and courtroom television show. Um, There's another show that is kind of similar to this uh, that also was this week, funny enough. But uh, I gave this a six. All right, another thing returning this week, uh, season two, episode one of Bless This Mess with Dax Shepard. 
which I, I watched the first still season. Not watched that show. What? Yeah. Yeah, I've still not watched that show. Right. This is the second season. So, uh, uh, I watched the first season and I compared it to Green Acres because it's basically 2019 Green Acres. Very similar storyline. It's two. Uh, fairly wealthy, fairly well-off New York socialites uh, who are married, and the one the guy quits his high-paying job to move to this rural town and try to start a farm. It's Green Acres, if you've ever seen Green okay. Acres. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, there's some funny people in this, though, uh, and there's some funny storylines. Uh, this season pretty much kept with the last season, uh, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it like a 6.5. Okay. I'm definitely going to see the first season. Uh, then uh, Bluff City Law uh, is also a criminal uh, show. Uh, here we follow the uh, banisters uh, instead of the judge. Uh, very procedural, very like it reminds me a little of uh, uh, CIA uh, not CIA, FBI, uh, but I thought acting here was uh, very good. Uh, I think the storyline uh, was kind of interesting. It kept me interested enough to give it a 6.5. Okay, what else did we see? Uh, I saw The Unicorn on CBS. I, this Actually, I saw a, pre uh -huh. uh, a preview for this, so... I think yes. the show comes out tomorrow, technically. Tomorrow, yes. Yes, uh, but it comes out tomorrow, technically. There was a first episode preview online, if you looked online. Yes. Uh, there was an episode one preview. Um, I never really liked the main actor. I don't remember what his name is. Uh, oh. But the show was... I don't know. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. I, I gave it a 4.5. It's about a guy who... Um, his wife dies, and he's got two kids, and a year goes by, he hasn't dated anybody, and then he realizes that uh, his wife, he finally realizes his wife is gone, and he wants to try a dating app, and then all these women realize he is the unicorn on this dating app, because he's a single guy who hasn't dated in a year, and is trustworthy, and has kids, and all this other stuff. Um, the concept of it was completely flawed by the end of it. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> because they completely go away from the original point of the story and why it was called the unicorn yep. in the last, what, yep. five minutes. Uh, five minutes. <laughs> so I don't know where they're going to go with the TV show from here, right? Uh, they totally, like, throw it away. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Yeah. It seemed like they wrapped up the whole show in the end of the first episode. I was very confused. Yes! 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 Totally! I gave it a 4, by the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I gave it a 4.5. We yeah. were close. Um, Prodigal Son. Yep. Fucking I saw this. Hell. This was good. This was good. This is about... Uh, a guy that works from the uh, CIA or FBI that gets fired because he does some things. Uh, then he comes home to New York and uh, uh, works with the uh, police uh, in 
a serial killer case uh, that right. is, uh, shows up that uh, it is his dad is also a serial killer, and this is a copycat that is copycatting his dad's uh, killings that he hasn't seen in 10 years. But he, this guy is also kind of psychotic, maybe. And well, his dad maybe, is, yeah. is, is is psychotic, and he it's been passed down uh, hereditarily, right. I guess, right? So maybe. Well, it seems like it because he's taking all these pills. We see him like ch- he's sleeping with chains on his arms. I'm pretty sure there's something mm-hmm. going on there. But yeah, I gave this an eight point five. I really, really, really love this show. Well, that's only because you're just such a huge fan of Lou Diamond Phillips, is why. But <laughs> I haven't seen that guy in a show in so long. I was like, "What the fuck? Lou Diamond Phillips is in the show?" Like when he showed up, I was like, "I did not expect it." You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, I give it a seven. I thought it was really good. Uh, for some reason, it's something a little bit off-putting about the main actor, but I think it's on purpose. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Right. Uh, let's see, what I did I, I... I saw another show on ABC, believe it or not. Uh, Mixed-ish, I watched. Wow, I didn't care because I haven't seen Grown-ish or the other one. Blackish or... Blackish, Black-ish and what's yeah. the other one? Grown-ish. Grown-ish, right. Well, this one I was a little more interested. Right. It, It's not like you have to have seen those shows for this show to make sense at all whatsoever. Okay. Um Okay. It's completely separate from those shows. It's not even in any way related. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I liked it, I guess. I gave it a six. This is about a family who grew up on like a hippie commune, commune uh, in the 60s or 70s. And uh, the mom, the mother's black, the father's white, so the kids are mixed. And it's about how they come off this hippie commune and they're put into... Uh, uh, just regular school, regular public school. And I guess the whole point here is that there weren't a lot of mixed race kids in like the seventies. And so it w- it's about how hard it is for these kids to be, to be put into public school when they had, they just came off of a hippie commune where everybody's love and peace and, you know, race doesn't matter at all in, in on this hippie commune, but then they get thrust into the public schooling and all these people think they're really weird and everything else. Uh, so it's a, it's a, a lot of it is about, you know, race relations in America and things like that, but it's a comedy, right? Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I gave it a six. Cool. Uh, then Netflix came out with inside Bill's brain decoding, uh, Bill Gates, uh, three episodes. Uh, that's the whole show, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, not that I just saw three episodes, but there there are only three episodes. Um, I think this is interesting, but it is very puffy. It's very um, glorified... Uh, oh, I'm such a nice person, Bill Gates uh, documentary. I I almost 
am between hating it and loving it, and I don't know if I've landed on each either of the sites because I feel like though it is sometimes bringing up bad things Bill Gates have done through history, it's very puff piece where I feel like he is getting a lot of uh, recognition for for what Bill Gates have done, but I watched all three episodes and I find them very different from each other and I think it's more interesting when they talk about things that I didn't know about it and things like that so I think I will land on the disappointing sex okay I, I saw the first two episodes I haven't gotten to the third one yet um, but I wasn't all that impressed uh, I think I the real problem I had with it is how incredibly cut and dry, standard, just the most generic yeah. documentary uh, TV show you've ever seen. And a lot of the information in there wasn't like, it's not uh, it's not the Osho documentary where every episode you're going, what, that happened? Oh my gosh, I gotta watch the next one to see. It's just like, right. yeah, he, he made w water out of poop. Okay, next... Right? It's like, uh, right. yeah, it's not really, there's nothing exciting, there's nothing in, uh, super exciting and enthralling about it or anything like that. It's just kind of cut and dry if you want to find out about Bill Gates and in a very positive, kind of one-sided manner. I guess it's okay, but yeah, I give like it a... Yeah, like I said, off piece, like I said. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, like yeah. I just said. Uh, but overall, I gave it a five right in the middle because it's not anything terrible, but it's nothing good either. So yeah, we're not far from each other. Hey, look, guess what? What? The masked singer is also in Australia. So Fro had to watch the two first episodes of Australian masked singer. Great. How was that? Uh, <laughs> it, it was awful because, uh, well, the first one uh, they they dethroned was a TV personality, and they then they go like, next week, international superstar will be unmasked, and I go, oh, cool, somebody I know, not an Australian TV host, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, I think the most interesting about the show is because they have gotten a judge on the panel. Lindsay Lohan is <laughs> it's a judge of um, Australian mass singer. Terrific. <laughs> yes. Lindsay Lohan. The the most Australian thing you can think of. Oh, Lindsay Lohan. And the best yeah, singer I've ever heard. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but international superstar will be unmasked. And it's like, oh, it's a rugby player that has won the most rugby uh, uh, place for Australia. Who the fuck are you? 
I don't know who this rugby player from Australia is. I don't fucking know. But yeah, of course, I will give you a report if any, anybody uh, you have heard of comes to that show. <laughs> but other than Lindsay Lohan, I, I don't really see a reason to search this show because it's with Australian celebrities we've probably never heard of. Okay, uh, I guess the last thing I saw was The Last Days of Phil Hartman. Yeah, uh, I could not find this anywhere. I looked everywhere. What was it on? I've, I looked through all torrent sites. <laughs> I could not find this. I'm so disappointed because I knew that you were going oh, right, to Right, it was it on then. ABC. Right. Yeah. Again, another I, thing I on thought... ABC. I, I so want to see it though. I mean, it, it was a, it was felt very ABC News kind of thing, or like if you've ever seen one of those things on CNN that's right after they finish the news, it's like CNN special report thing or whatever. Right. So it felt very like ABC News kind of twenty twenty segment. Really didn't feel very, I don't know, professional. Um. A lot of really interesting things about him and his life and everything. Uh, but the very... As far as, like, the last days thing, it seemed like they they skipped over a bunch of stuff as far as, like, the reactions from, uh, America, from America for, about the story. They just kind of skipped over that. And I thought that was kind of the most interesting part about the murder and everything. So, I don't know. Not as good as I thought it would... As I would want it to be, I guess. But it is, like, an ABC News documentary. I gave it a four. Mm. I was not really that impressed. Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk about Undone this episode. Remember when I said it was boring and trite last episode? Yes. Yeah, it was not boring and trite this episode. No. What was it all about? <laughs> uh, episode two called The Hospital. Uh, while recovering in the hospital from her accident... Alma tries, or Alma talks with her dead father, who has a confusing and compelling request. Yeah. Holy fuck, they went from zero to a hundred. <laughs> this was very, very, very good. Right, yeah. It's, uh, it definitely took it up an, a, a thousand notches. It, um... <laughs> I really like the concept of, of what we're doing with this time travel stuff, but I'm still incredibly confused yes. as to how it's all going to storyline work out. Because they left mm -hmm. you completely confused at the end of episode two. Yes. I uh, I like it because it's Groundhog Day, uh, the, the television show. <laughs> over and over and over again. It reminded me a little of uh, Russian Doll. Do you remember that television oh, show yeah. we watched? Yeah. yeah. It reminded me a little of Russian Doll, just the animated <laughs> version. Except it's, but, uh, I mean, it's similar, but it's so nothing like that at the same time. Right, right, right. But... Uh, the the time travel aspect of it and how how it ends in this episode that ending 
confused the fuck out of me. And I, I uh, again this week, I wanted to uh, message Luke and uh, I was like, can I please binge it? But no, I'm, an, I'm a good fro. I'm, I'm watching it every week. But this time I really, really, really wanted to watch the next episode. <laughs> I don't know. I still didn't have that. I, it didn't feel that way for me. I was like, okay, done with that. Move oh. on to the next thing. But I had like 20... Oh. I, I, we had 10 shows to watch this week. So I had plenty to be just be like, oh. I'm going to move on and watch something else. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, I gave this five last week. I'm giving it an eight now. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a 7.5. I'm still a little confused as to how the story is going to all connect back together and everything, but... Uh, we'll see, I guess. It will be interesting, that's for sure. I think uh, a lot will... Uh, a lot will come... Uh, we are. It's definitely not the show that we're going to stop covering, is it? Not after this episode. <laughs> no. No, this was a really good episode. <laughs> I mean, it could go downhill again, but... Uh, I understand... This episode showed you why it's an animated show, where last episode it felt yes. like, I don't really think this needs to be animated, but this week it was like, yes. the only way you could do the show is animate. <laughs> I mean, you could do it with special effects, yes. but it's a lot uh, easier, I guess, or more interesting to do it, do it the way they did it. Yeah. Because if they did it with yeah. just special oh, effects, it would hey. just turn into a Marvel movie or something. Yes. <laughs> yes, totally. It'd be Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, are you ready for the main topic, Luke? Sure. So, it's ten albums that has influenced us in some way. I will let you start with your number <laughs> ten. Well, I didn't really uh, number them because I think all of them kind of are on the same level for me because there's, you know, they all... At different times in my life, uh, okay. they all would have been the number one, if that makes sense. So it's it just okay. depends on wh what age I was, whether this would have been number one or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, I didn't number them, so I'm just going to say them and just go through them, uh, how I have them written down. So don't take me by, oh, that's his number 10, that's his whatever. Sure. Uh but I guess let's do the first five really quick. Otherwise, we're going to go way super long. So I guess I'll start with um, Sublime, 40 Ounces to Freedom. Uh, okay. I lost my virginity to this album. There you go. That's a good starting okay. one, right? <laughs> that That is a good starting line. My uh, number 10, uh, I have it in uh, what has uh, meant most uh, in my life, like, uh, from the time I bought it to now, what album has had the most influence in my life? It, it would be maybe the one, uh, but it's al albums. Yeah, I, I've done it in order. So my my see, my I can't I can't do that in mine because if I look back when I was fifteen, uh, right. it the one that was influencing my life the most then is not the same one that influenced my life the most when I was twenty two. Right, so. Right. And if you look at it back through time, they all end up even at the number one uh, seed, depending on what part of my life I'm in. That's the way I looked at it. Okay. 
But my number 10 is the first album I bought with myself uh, money, my only money I earned myself. And it's Ace of Base Happy Nation. It's, it's not a very good album. <laughs> it's not. But, but, but it's the first CD I bought in my entire life. All that she wants. It's not a baby. She's going to get you. Right, I was going to say, which album was mm-hmm. that? Right, okay, that's the one. Yes. <laughs> Let's see, where should I go next? You're number uh, nine? I guess I'm going to go... Uh, let's go with Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire. Uh, this was, mm-hmm. this album came out when I was the perfect age. I was, what, 14, 15, something like that when this album came out. I was a rebellious, aggro, skateboarding teenager, and this album came out, right? I was like, this is, this is me. This is everything that is 90s skateboarding was, uh, you know, that album. Yeah. It is a fucking amazing album, by the way. Uh, I haven't heard of about the last one that you told me about, but the, the one there I heard of. You never heard of my Sublime? Number nine? <laughs> no, never heard of Sublime in my entire life. Are you sure? You gotta be joking. Yeah. Man. Okay, I'm gonna send it. I'll send you. I'm sure I can find it on YouTube. So I'll send it to you later. The, yeah, I mean, uh, they only made three albums before the lead singer died of like a drug overdose. So I don't know. Maybe you never. Oh. Heard. Right. Okay. They're super famous, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number one... No, sorry. My number nine is a sis, uh, album uh, I uh, my sister had uh, that I stole from her. Uh, and it was my first, like, indie experience. And it's uh, Belle and Sebastian Tiger Milk. Um... Uh, they are a Scottish band, uh, and they were formed uh, in '96. I'm not sh- 110% sure when that album was made, but I remember that it it had very uh, uh, influence in my life. Of like, I've never heard of Bella and Sebastian, and it it, it was my first like glimpse. A glimpse into uh, indie music that never uh, not everybody had heard about. So, Bell and Sebastian, Tiger Milk. Fucking amazing album. Tiger Milk uh, came out in 1996. Uh, have you heard about this uh, group, Bell and Sebastian? Uh, the, actually, the Name of the album sounds familiar, but not the name of the group. That is very strange. Okay. The, I think the the most famous uh, album of them theirs is the Boy with the Arab Trap. It's maybe their their most known, but uh, Tiger Milk is their first. Okay, it's a very good album. Anyway, your number uh, eight. <laughs> um, I guess this is this was like kind of the first album that got me into like uh, electronic music, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I believe it was just. I almost won't want to say. It. Wasn't it "Smack My Bitch Up"? Was that the name of the album? I can't even remember. Smack my bitch up. 
by Pro- Prodigy. Yeah, right. Oh, The Fat of the Land by Prodigy. That was the name of the album. Right. That was the first one. First album, like, I was really... Okay, I started out being really into just very generic music that I, like, my sister was listening to. So things like Ace of Bass or um, uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers or, uh, you know, that kind of mainstream stuff. Uh, why can't I think of anything very 90s right now? Um, you know, that kind of 90s mainstream stuff. And then I moved on to more heavy rock, kind of like Sublime or Rage Against the Machine. And then Prodigy was a, a way, it was like a avenue from <clears throat> rock music into techno because Prodigy was very dark, deep, kind of almost rock riffs, but in techno music with kind of a rock mm-hmm. sensibility. And so I, that's what transferred me from not really enjoying techno to liking it. It was Prodigy. So, yeah. I love Prodigy. Yeah. It's very. I I actually are they the one that had Firestarter? I think that was a single, wasn't it? I'm a Firestarter. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, but I believe that was like just a single, yeah. uh, like, uh, or maybe it was on their one that was called Prodigy. Maybe. That... Hmm. A... Oh no, it was on the I, same I, album. I'm it was on first. Fat of the Land. Yeah, it also was. Oh, I, yeah. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. It started out as a single, oh. it looks like. So it was a single, and then they put the single on that album. That's why I was confused. Sure. Right. My, my number eight is maybe the one that Luke is going to laugh the most about is my number eight. Uh, it's uh, Mariah Carey's Music Box. <laughs> okay. At least I can laugh myself. <laughs> about why Mariah Carey's music box is on there. But look, I know every fucking lyric to that uh, album. It's it's that album... <laughs> it's that album that you're not supposed to say that you are amazingly in love with, that you love so much, but you, you're not supposed to tell everybody. So that is why it's on my list. This is the album I should be very, like, ashamed of telling people that I love. But I, it's it's one of the most amazing albums I know of. And I love every fucking song on it. It's a, it's a, it's an album uh, that I've heard most, maybe, in my entire life, other than uh, my number three uh, on the list. But but yeah, Mariah Carey's music box. It's where where when a hero comes along with a straight carry on. You remember that? I remember the mm-hmm. song. Yeah, I don't remember that album at all. Yeah. But I never was really into Mariah Carey, and now she's just like yes. a total nut job, as I'm to understand. Uh, um, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> here, here's another album that like I. I went from where I was uh, liking rock music and liking some techno, kind of enjoying that, but I was never really into hip-hop or anything all that much. Uh, maybe a little mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Dre or Tupac uh, or Snoop Dogg at the time, very mainstream stuff. And then my brother actually was playing this in my in his car one time when I was like going to school. He like drove me to school one day. It was Cypress Hill Temple of Boom 3. 
And oh. this is one of those things where, like, I liked rock music already, and then I heard Cypress Hill and was like, this rock and Cypress Hill and rap, they kind of, like, intersect. You know what I mean? And it was a, I was able to make a transition where, like, okay, I actually kind of like hip-hop now as long as it's not that really crappy rap stuff uh, and it has, like, a meaning mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Cypress Hill. My number seven is uh, Leonard Cohen, I'm Your Man. Uh, I I think I went through Leonard Cohen's, uh, uh, like, CD and, like, auto... What do you call it? Not autobiography? Is that what you call it? Sure. I don't really know what you're talking about, so... Well, when I, I like... Uh, uh, CDs and things like they have given out. What do you call it? Do you call it audio biography? Audio biography? I still have no idea. You just said uh, when they put discs out? I don't understand. Well, uh, when they give out, like, let's I don't, say I Is have this really important or, or, or can we just move on? <laughs> We, we we can for, uh, move on. Okay. But uh, the track the track thing on this album is first we take Manhattan, ain't no cure for love. Uh, I'm your man. Uh, take this waltz, uh, Tower of Song. Uh, this is uh, an album that my dad got me into. It's um, very personal to me because uh, it's it's. Um, uh, the first remembering I have of me and my dad listening together uh, uh, to music was uh, Leonard Cohen's I'm Your Man. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's a big one. <coughs> um, okay. Uh, uh, I don't know where to go next. I guess I'm going to go... Uh, I guess Bad Boy Bill House Connection Volume Three. <laughs> okay, never heard of this in my entire life. Bad Boy Bill is a Chicago house house DJ in like the early two thousands. Uh, so I was kind mm-hmm. of just getting out of the house, like moving out of my house, uh, my parents' house, and everything, and going to a lot. The rave scene was really big at the time. This guy was like one of the biggest DJs in America at the time. Uh, when, you know, when house music was really actually still big and this was one of the biggest albums like ever, it's him and this guy named Richard Hump Division, who was also another house DJ, I believe from Chicago. So a lot of the house was coming out of Chicago at the time. And this was a collaboration between these two incredibly famous house DJs. Uh, and I just remember playing this over and over and every single one of my friends having a copy of this Everybody I knew had a copy of this. I went and saw Bad Boy Bill live probably 20 times in my life, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it was a huge... Just that album and uh, that that whole scene was a big part of my life for a while. Okay. It, it, I, 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 th- I think it's funny that I n- never, ever heard about it. Well, I mean, it is the Chicago house scene uh, in the early 2000s. You might have heard of it back then and just forgot about it even by now. You know what I mean? So, Yeah. 
Well, um, uh, my number, oh, where are we? We are number five. Six oh. is, no, number six is uh, Shalana Twain, come on over. Uh, this is like, why is this so fucking high on your list? But uh, I got married to one of the songs uh, from this moment on. Uh, uh, is actually my marriage uh, song. We played it in, when me and uh, Linda got married. So that's why it's my number six. Because it reminds me of uh, when I was married. Okay, and we're actually making pretty good time. I'm surprised we're going so quick. Uh, so we're... I'm actually going to do one that... It, I don't know if you're going to count, but I'm going to count it because it influenced my life so much and it was an album. Uh, Stephen Wright, I Have a Pony. Okay. You know who Never. Stephen Wright is? No. Stand-up comedian. from. Okay. So it was a comedy album, right? Okay. I, I've never been great with social interaction. I'm not a very sociable person all the time. Uh, <laughs> what's a good word for it? I don't necessarily always uh, get where people are coming from. I don't. Uh, sometimes people will make jokes, and I'll take it as something serious because I don't get the humor or whatever. I'm not great mm -hmm. socially all the time, and I used to be terrible with just comedy and jokes and everything. And then I heard this album, and I heard it over. I listened to this album over and over and over again when I was a little kid, and I would say it ingrained a sense of sarcastic humor into me that I wouldn't have had any other way. So yeah, Stephen Wright's "I Have a Pony," which is an amazing album. Cool. Never ever heard of it. My number five. If you haven't heard of it, you will be fucking surprised. It's uh, Pink Floyd, "The Dark Side of the Moon." Um, my dad, uh, again, this is my dad, my sister and me, uh, this is my first concert, uh, memory, uh, where my dad took my sister and me when, uh, Pink Floyd came out with Division Bell, uh, uh that album, uh, to my first concert that I, yeah, at least I can remember being to, was a Pink Floyd concert. And uh, this is the album that uh, my dad played the most, and uh, they played so many songs from the dark side of the moon. You can, you can discuss back and forward if it is the best album uh, of, of them, I think it is, personally. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, it's uh, a memory uh, album for me where, when I play The Dark Side of the Moon, I always remember uh, that concert. Me sitting on my dad's uh, uh, shoulders and watching Division Bell. <laughs> yeah. Okay... I guess I'm going to go <clears throat> with Smash by Offspring from the 90s. Mm, good one. Uh, <clears throat> this is, again, you know, that teen angst time period. And this album just came out at the perfect time. 
they had one or two good albums around here, around Smash. I think one good one before and one good one after. And then they got mm. very, uh, offspring, I mean, got very MTV-ized. And were no longer kind of the indie band that was cool. They started turning into this very, what, corporate crap uh, music video oh, kind yeah. of band. And I uh, hated them after that. But this album, definitely, I listened to so many times when I was a kid. I remember quoting songs of this for like school projects when you would have to like, you know, quote, find a song quote and then you'd have to do a bibliography about all the th quotes you found and things like that. I remember quoting this, ex this album, uh, definitely influential and a lot of the stuff they talk about in here, like as far as politics and stuff still holds up today, surprisingly enough. My number four is the album I have heard the most uh, times in my life. Uh, and it is a soundtrack to a movie. Can you guess what movie it is, Luke? Uh, the Bodyguard with Kevin Costner. It wasn't that? I have not seen The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner over a hundred times. When you say, but but when you say like, seen... movie soundtrack, for some reason, that's the first thing that comes into my head. Because that was such a... Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is various artists... The Prince of Egypt soundtrack. Um, oh, The Prince of Egypt. Fucking love that movie. Um, Not a good movie, by the way, it, but sure. It is. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're no, never going to, to agree. Uh, it was the movie that got me into Christianity. Uh, that album... I played over and over and over and over, and my dad. Um, <laughs> I remember I was living at my mom's. It was when my mom and dad had gotten divorced, and I remember my mom screaming down to me in my in in the basement. Do you have to play that fucking CD again? <laughs> yep. So yeah, uh, various artists to be so featured. There can be miracles. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to go next. Uh, somebody I don't know if you've heard of, but Hieroglyphics Crew, Third Eye Vision. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Hip-hop album. Uh, incredibly, like, as far as, like, West Coast hip-hop, it's probably one of the uh, most notable albums uh, for... Uh, in history, probably. Um, a lot of really good songs. I listened to this over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah. I, at one time, I saw these guys multiple times live, but one time uh, I had a friend and he's like, uh, there's a tour bus sitting next to 7-Eleven, and this dude came off the tour bus and said he wanted to wants to buy weed. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, this dude... He came off the tour bus and said that, and, and I was like, "Okay." I was living I was living in Eugene, Oregon at the time, and my I knew my neighbor was a guy who sold weed. So I was like, "Let's go down to this tour bus and check it out." And it was the Hieroglyphics crew in the tour bus. So I go over to my neighbor's house and I have them come out, and they gave us free tickets to their concert, and we hung out on their tour bus for a while, and 
yeah, it was a pretty badass day, actually. I met Dell the Funky Homo Sapien and all the higher... You know, have you ever heard Dell? <laughs> no. Because he went on to have a, his own, like, single, uh, uh, single rap career himself. And, uh, yeah, uh, these guys were some of the best rappers back back in the day. So, yeah, hieroglyphics. Cool. My number three, <laughs> I will bring you down to uh, 11th of October, 1976 for this. Uh, the album is Arrival. Do you know the artist look? No. It's ABBA. Oh, yeah, okay. ABBA, yes. Uh, when I kiss the teacher, Dancing Queen, uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You, Money, Money, uh, Fernando, uh, Tiger, Arrival. I, this is... Um, because I wish I, <laughs> I could have, like, best stuff. Uh, albums. I didn't do that, but if I could, I had. I would have Abba Gold as my number three, <laughs> but that's kind of cheating. So <laughs> I decided, like, nah, no, you can't do best of albums. But of all of albums, of Abba Arrival from 1976 is my favorite. It is the group that got me into Eurovision. Uh, it is uh, very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Okay, another one you're probably never going to have heard of, but uh, it's possible, I guess, because I, tr- I know Tron knows who these people are, but uh, mm-hmm. Diggable Planets reaching a new refusion of time and space. Never heard of. <laughs> From 1993, actually. Uh... It, this is one of those albums where uh, it's one of those super chill albums where if you were just like hanging out, having a barbecue or doing something like that, just hanging out with your friends, it's just this very cool, chill uh, kind of, they, it, they call it like jazz hip hop. So it's like hip hop mixed with kind of a jazz feel to it. Um, mm. Yeah, this was, it also, this has a lot to do with like uh where i started to really enjoy australian hip-hop because this album was the first one i saw really go deep deep into different kinds of uh social uh social movements and uh, talking about things in a different way where like tupac talked about social issues but mostly just pertaining to like the black community where these guys were talking about uh different things that were just um everyday things that people had to deal with, like the government, uh, 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 a lot of different uh, kind of social issues that was the first time I ever heard people talk about them. So, yeah, uh, it's called Diggable Planets Re- uh, Reaching. Mm. Uh, I think this is the oldest album we have on the list, both of us. Uh, do you have anything before the 1800s, look? No. And what's left? Oh, cool. Because this had a premiere on 30th of September 1791. It is an opera and it's called The Super Flute or 
maybe you have heard about it in English, The Magic Flute by Mozart. I love classical music. Uh, classical music for me is... Uh, uh, if I want to rest my soul, I listen to classical music. And the super flute, or the magic flute, as I call it, uh, is, uh, according to me, maybe the best opera uh, in the world. Uh, maybe Don Giovanni. Uh, I had a very long discussion with myself, having two Mozart uh, things on the, on the list. But uh, I, I finally decided that Mozart, the super flute that I have, watched at least six times in the opera when I was like eight, nine years. Yeah, and uh, um, my dad told me a story that uh, the first time I went out of the opera, I, I said to my dad, hey, can we go back tomorrow? <laughs> because I was so enthralled with it. Uh, yeah, it was my my introduction to one of the most influenced uh, time periods of my life where classical music has, and this is what maybe not a lot, a lot of people know about me, I listen to a lot of classical music. So, Mozart, the Subu flute, or the magic flute. Okay, I guess my, my number, number one, uh, which... I still think it's like one of the most perfect albums I've ever heard was from a guy mm. named from Australia named Pez It's called a mind of my own. Uh, it only had, it, it, it's got like 10 tracks on it, but every track is good. You know, that kind of album. Um, yeah. The interesting thing about this album is he, I've heard uh, him be interviewed about this. He was, uh, working on it, work, working on it, working on it, working on it, and then he was actually diagnosed with a, a what was he thought was a terminal disease at the time. It's called let me check it up, Graves' disease, uh, which is it, it's like a thyroid disease. It's the one that you ever see those people that their eyes pop way out of their head. Right. Right. It's that. It's that disease. Uh, and it, it, he kind of found out about it as he was starting this album. And so he put all that passion of kind of uh, all of a sudden finding out he might die very soon into this album. And you can kind of feel all of that passion in, in the album. Uh, and it's just got a lot of really good tracks. And it, it, this is also, <clears throat> I mean, Australian hip hop itself is defined kind of by its uh, po political stance. And this one ha is, is no different. Uh, it came out in 2008, I believe. My number one is uh, very, very personal. Um, according to me, you said the perfect album. This is, for me, the perfect album. Um, I was 18. I was at Roskilde in Denmark, and I listened to a Danish group called Kashmir. Uh, with uh, Kasper Esbrussen, Mats Thunberg, Asberg Thunberg, Henrik Lenstad, and uh, their 
amazing fucking albums to tell this. Uh, I I think I I I had I had a very like hard uh, time at 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 that time, and it's one of those where I've listened to their whole catalog, and it's an amazing fucking catalog. Uh, uh, the album before it, uh, Home Dead and, and Crucial, so is also one of my two favorite albums of, of all time. But Satilities, uh, for me, was very important when, uh, when it came out. But I remember listening to this uh, Total Skilder being 18 years old, the first time I was out of my own, and just listening to this, it's kind of prog. <sighs> what I would call alternative indie rock and uh, yeah so Kashmir amazing band yeah I've heard that I've heard them before alright it's time to wrap it up Uh, as far as the main topic yeah uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good list I I don't know if I really have anything else to add that I really forgot I don't know Uh, I always really liked the Seth Century album this was Tomorrow I mean, there's probably a million albums we could mention, but uh, yeah, that's at least kind of a top ten, right? Yeah, I mean, I could probably make an own top ten list with just Norwegian things. I had some Norwegian things in my top 15 when I was making this list that was a little higher, uh, but nobody would knew or recognize what they were singing about, so uh, I, I, I could probably make an old list just for Norwegian artists. Right, I mean, <clears throat> we could. Uh, the one thing that did, did this gave me an idea for is a whole new main topic, which is somehow we've never done, like, our top five or our favorite comedy special, like, stand-up comedy specials. I don't know how we've never done that on this show, but I think I'm going to add that to our list mm. of t- main topics. Movies, 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 movies. Hey, you said to me, Hey, watch Bill Burr, Paper Dragon, and tell me why it's not offensive. And I tell you, it is as offensive. <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus Christ, stick and all the dwarfs in Snow White's little cave. Oh, this was so fucking funny look and so incredibly rude and so incredibly funny why isn't this like controversial i have no clue because he's not dave chappelle it's it had everything to do with the fact that it was dave chappelle nothing to do with actually what he was talking about right so they just wanted to crucify dave chappelle because dave chappelle was this loved uh figure uh, from whatever the late two th- early two thousands, late two thousands, when he had a show, whenever that was, uh, and he was kind of seen as a left wing figure, right? But now he's in his last special, he came out against kind of the a little bit of uh, he had a little bit of, uh, against the Me Too movement, a little about the outrage culture and the cancel culture, and the pe- people in that side of things see themselves as very left, and so they felt like. Dave Chappelle, not this one, but the last one, kind of uh, abandoned them 
and made his his comedy made them feel bad. So now they're coming after him. It's very much part of the cancel culture where Bill Burr he made just as many jokes targeting feminists and everything else in this special, but I don't see his Rotten Tomato uh, being at, at such a negative, right? So yeah, it had more to do with uh, that. It was Dave Chappelle than anything else. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I totally agree. Uh, but talking about the best stand-up specials of all time, uh, look, I think this is the most funny thing I have ever seen in my entire life. It has 86% I, 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 right now on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. I don't remember the last time I laughed so much. I didn't laugh that much off of the Chappelle even, so I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Did I you ever see America is the Greatest Country in the United States on Netflix? Mm, I think it was last year. Think. Yeah, I think it was last year. Go check that out. That's a really good stand-up on Netflix as well. But, okay. it, yeah. Okay. I really like this one as well. I thought, I think it was Paper Tiger, by the way, not Paper Dragon. Uh, but, yeah, it was very oh, good. Paper Tiger, yes. Sorry. What have you watched? I watched... Okay, I watched something pretty great and something pretty terrible. What do you want first? Terrible. I watched The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Oh. <laughs> Why? Uh, it was available and it was just there and I saw the score of 18% on Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, okay, maybe I should see this just because of how bad the score is. Uh, and honestly, halfway through the movie, I was like, why has this got such a bad score? And then I got to the end and I was like, oh, whoa, you don't do that. That's, you can't do that. That's not good. That is, that's bad what you did at the end there because they, they died. The peop, those people are dead. You're, you just, mm -hmm. you made a mockery of dead people. Oops. Bad movie. Bad. Uh, I, I hit the movie on the nose with a, with a newspaper. <laughs> I mean, if, if people were pissed when, 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 uh, 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 he killed Hitler in that m movie. Uh, uh, Tarantino killed Hitler in in that movie. What was that movie called again? Uh, uh, Where? Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastard. Yes. If he, if people got un angry over that, because that was kind of fucking with history. <laughs> Don't see the hunt. <laughs> let alone that is oh. that it has hillary duff in it as well but i mean th that is having hillary duff in it is like the least of this movie's problems when it comes to like the actual oh, yeah. storyline oh, and like no. the real life idea of this it's like who what kind of fucked up person thought this was a good idea to make as a movie That's... <laughs> i don't know and i love how it's trying to be uh, this amazing horror movie <laughs> and it's not <laughs> you know i can see like some very deep deep christian oh. who believes in like demons and demon possession and stuff being like oh yeah this movie's totally true this is a this is a documentary <laughs> yeah, yeah oh that's a horrible movie 
Uh, I saw an amazing horror movie this week. Look, it's called Crawl. Do you remember this? We talked about it. Okay. Uh, it's uh, about this alligator movie about uh, this girl being trapped in a tornado and also having to fight off an alligator. Of course. Yeah, as you uh, do. Normal yeah. normal Tuesday yes. for me. Yes. <laughs> but uh, this was fucking amazing. It scared the bejesus out of me. Uh, I watched it yesterday and I was like, Whoa! Holy moly! Uh, why hasn't this gotten more talked about than it is? It's freaking scary, good acting, and an amazing ending that I really liked. So I gave it uh, eight and a half out of ten. Crawl. Oh yeah, right. <clears throat> I gave Haunting of Sharon Tate a, a three. Right. Oh, by the way. Yeah. No, I mean, I almost went two, but actually the first half of it, I really was going, (laughs) why did everybody give this such a bad score? It's the second half is where it gets terrible. Um, (sighs) And not in the way where the the man who killed uh, Hitler and Bigfoot, that movie got terrible in a funny way. This got terrible in an almost almost offensive way. (laughs) Um, Oh. Not almost offensive, very offensive. Right, Yeah, I guess it is true. Alright, uh, I saw a movie on Netflix called Between Two Ferns, the movie. Did you see oh, this as well? Yes, I forgot that I watched it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, with Zach Galifianakis and a ton of celebrities, uh, as is guests, obviously. Uh, and then Laura... Uh, Lompkis as his kind of sidekick lady, right? Uh, but yeah, there's a ton of celebrities in mm. it. This was like a funny meme. Between Two Ferns was a funny meme in like 2010 or something, right? Like 10 years ago. Mm. And now they're just getting around to making a movie. Uh, what do you think? It worked. It worked. And it's so fucking funny. I think <laughs> Him, him uh, asking like Brie Larson uh, the question that he asks Brie Larson is the most funny thing, and I I want to say it to people: stay for the credits. The credits oh, yeah. are amazing. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> so amazing credits. And it's in the credits. You don't have to wait till after the credits, like some superhero movie or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah, right. it, kind of the outtakes and stuff are very funny. I, the one, I, I liked it, I really liked it, and I liked the documentary style, because that's what they were going for, kind of a mockumentary, mm-hmm. documentary, whatever style. Uh, I really liked the par- part where he leaves the whole crew, but they're still filming, so he's in the rain, and he's like, stop filming, and they're like, you told us to keep filming. He's like, I'm trying to storm off on you. <laughs> so good. But yeah, I, I think it's amazing how many good celebrities they have gotten that's in on the joke. And how to stay serious around Zack while filming. It has to be so hard. I love I love watching that as well, that aspect of it. Right, and Will Ferrell was actually pretty okay in this movie. Uh, even though he was super over the top, it made it kind of funny. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was your favorite interviewer? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at it. I mean, Keanu comes to mind as the person because he oh, was yeah. so kind of laid back. <laughs> yeah, that was also amazing. <laughs> David Letterman was also very good. <laughs> uh, Hobo Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that was yeah. really good. Yeah. What would you rate this movie? I give it a seven. What did you think? Oh, I would give it a seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it was very funny. funny it made enough. me laugh like the whole time. There's just something about the yeah. storyline of like I've seen. I, yeah. I've been watching Behind Two Ferns for a while. I guess I stopped watching it a long time yeah. ago. But they're never the they had to kind of create a backstory that right. is now kind of canon in the rest of the show. And it, I don't know. Uh, I think Zach Galifianakis uh, is definitely one of the most kind of underrated comedians. It's going to be like he's going to die and everybody's then going to appreciate how really actually good he was, right? So, Right. But uh, let's uh, talk about another underrated uh, funny man, Sylvester Stallone, and his last movie, Last Blood, Rambo 5. Wow, I've never seen this before. <laughs> I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> he said, It sounded like he said, I got a life and then I live, love, die. I fucking hate this music. Especially now that I heard Six times already. <laughs> uh, I don't. When I think Rambo movies, I don't really think country western. Maybe it's just me, but <laughs> you know what I, you know what I'm saying. I think like rock music. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome death. Welcome death. You want a bench? Is that what he said? You got a whole <laughs> shop there. Just build yourself a bench if you want a bench. Oh, revenge. He said he wants revenge. I get it now. All right. Ah. Not a bench. Although, him making a bench would be a, probably a pretty good movie. Rumble last blood. I'm Let's sorry, this music that. just does not fit for me. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Uh, so, Luke, uh, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Vietnam War veteran John Rambo tries to find some semblance of peace by raising horses on a ranch in Arizona. He also developed mm -hmm. a special familiar bond with a woman named Maria and her teenage daughter, Gabriella. But when a vicious Mexican cartel kidnaps Gabriella, Rambo crosses the border on a bloody and personal quest to rescue her and punish those responsible. Yeah, and definitely no political motivations in this movie at all. Um, <laughs> seven out of ten. I read some, <laughs> I read some reviews about that. <laughs> seven out of ten oh, on IMDb. Awesome. 
but 28% on Rotten Tomatoes and 28% on Fandango agreeing there. But 93% of Google users liked it. So kind of just, I don't know how to th- feel about those scores. Mm, which. Uh, you went to the Facebook. I will let you go first. Uh, so- Sonny May- Mayhe says, good film, but could have been longer, was extremely short, and his hair should have been longer like in the previous Rambos. He didn't wear his headband at all. Uh, at least uh, in Rambo 4, he looked apart. This one, he looked more like, uh, oh, Rocky Balboa. Mm. How many of the Rocky movies have you seen? All of them but the last one. I, I never, well, I, I I didn't see, if you count Creed 2, does that count as one of the Rocky movies? I suppose it does, right? Uh, I, yeah, I think so. I just didn't, yeah. I saw Creed, but I didn't see Creed 2. Yeah, I haven't seen Creed 2 either. For I, some reason. I liked Creed. Uh, yeah, it was alright. Nothing nothing great, though. Uh, Victor Rincon oh. says, finally a real movie. For those of you under the age of 30... Rambo was a god to us growing up in the 80s. I first saw I saw First Blood when it was released. Uh, it's two it's wait, what is what is this? It's 200 Oh, it's 2019 and I'm still his biggest fan. So I guess he's talking about either Stallone or sounds like he's actually just talking about Rambo. Uh, that's what loyalty is, y'all. That's what he said. Mm. I really I've no idea what that uh. is. <laughs> If I give the, you the username, I'm going to let you guess if they liked it or, or not, okay? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, man, Rambo. Do you think you li- like this movie or not? It sounds like you liked it. <laughs> mm-hmm. He gave it 10 out of 10. Don't listen to the critics. Don't listen to critics, people. Most of n- not uh, of reviews have are about how it glorifies Donald Trump statements just because it shows negative about Mexico and the border. If you don't get by offended by that, you will have a great time enjoying this movie, especially the last 15 minutes. Uh, I saw a lot, a lot about this, about like this was uh, Trump propaganda and things like that for, from people that didn't like it. But um, one of the greatest finale you will ever see. Yeah, because he will never make a new, another one. <laughs> uh, Sly is still fly at 73 years old. This is from the top dog critic. Gave it 9 out of 10. Sure, this film has uh, some writing, plot, and technical issues. And const- uh, constant very... Uh, even score was borderline annoying, <laughs> but the finale is by far the best I've seen, and made those flaws unmemorable. Un- um, um, sure, the critics slammed it uh, too much score? Question mark. Clearly, they were not wearing their big boy ha- pants. True Rambo fans will be sitting on their edge of the seat, as I was. Yeah, I've so. got one of these people uh, that kind of felt 
uh, he liked it because probably of the political aspect. Michael Knapp says, this movie was awesome. It was a swamp of unrealistic fluff. Rambo showed the showed us a glimpse of dark real of a dark reality of a side of a world very few of us experience a must see so i'm thinking that he's yeah um and then this other one uh petro zoywick says the worst movie of Ram of the rambo series ever violation level reached maximum and for what can anybody answer just to pass the truth about fighting for home it's not worth it, and it's not consistent with the Rambo uh, from the first movie. Hmm. So there you go. Also coming out this yeah, also coming out this week was Ad Astra, a 2009 drama fantasy. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 80% of Metacritic. But just 58% of Google users like this movie, directed by James Gray. It has Brad Pitt, uh, Ruth, uh, what is her last name? Nega, uh, Liv, Liv okay. Taylor. You just and did it again. Family. Why would just skip over the person? Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. It has uh, Brad Pitt, Liv Tyler, uh, Tom Lee Jones, and Donald Sutland in some of the uh, roles. 30 years ago, Clifford McBride led a voyage into the deep space, but the ship and crew uh, was never heard of again. Now his son, a fearless astronaut, must embark a daring mission to Neptune to uncover the truth of his missing father and mysterious power search that threatens the of the universe. Can't wait to see Liv Tyler crying for somebody going to space again because that's what Liv Tyler does in every like movie. And her father like in the background. Don't go back! And I don't want to miss a thing! Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a great transition to Downtown Abbey because that's that's whatever. Uh, Downtown Abbey uh, excitement is high at Downtown Abbey when the Crowley family learns that King George and Queen Mary are coming to visit Fro. But trouble soon arises when Miss Patmore, Daisy, and the rest of the servants learn that the King and Queen travel with their own chefs and attendants, setting the stage for an impromptu. Scheme and other shenanigans. Oh, to be oh. Uh, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, 64% on Metacritic, and 87% of Google users like this film. Uh, I mean, it's starring, you know, Maggie Smith, Hugh Bonneville, you know, all the famous British people. Yeah. Like I said, love the TV show. Can't wait to see the fucking movie. I guess so. I, I I think I've seen like one part of one episode, maybe at some point, right? So yeah. Really? Yeah, I've never really, really? watched it. You've no. Seen that much? Yeah. Oh, You're surprised I've seen that much, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you've seen more than me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, movie bedtime, Luke. Uh, oh yes. Uh, which one should I do first? I guess. 
Well, Ad Astra is the last one on your list, so let's Oh, yeah, that's it. true. Let's do that first. Uh, opening weekend for Ad Astra, 19 million. Wow, Brad Pitt not pulling him in <laughs> like he used to, I guess, because oh. I guess Downtown Abbey did 75.5 yeah. million. And uh, just uh, the listeners now, uh, we're going over to my bracket of the list. Right, that's the first. The movie right, back. the first one on your bracket. Yeah, right. Uh, still not beating it with ninety-one million, but that was really, no. really close. It was Thanks. super close. Yeah. Uh, and Rambo doing eighteen point eight, so almost nineteen million in the opening weekend. Uh, Downtown Abbey really bringing uh, bringing all the money in this weekend. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, I only have one movie left. Uh, ab- uh, abominable. Ab- abominable. Yeah. Right. So, make uh, over 90 million movie I have never ever heard of. <laughs> right. That's coming out at a time when everybody's going back to school and doing all these other things. And yeah, I don't think a kid's movie is going to do great right now, but hey. Nope. It is DreamWorks, and DreamWorks does do fairly well just by name recognition alone, you know what I mean? So it could do okay. Let me quote uh, the movie uh, The Prince of Egypt. There can be miracles when you believe. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bring Especially Tinker, when it's... Tinkerbell back to life by clapping your hands, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter Pan. Uh, there is... Um, I, I will link you this, but uh, uh, there there's a show group that sets up every year a classic tale that every time it... Go- but it, every time it goes wrong and... Uh, one year BBC filmed it and they had people, Peter Pan like they do it with purpose like they do mistakes on purpose and one time they had people, Peter Pan with David Suchet as the reader I, I will link you to it it's one of the most funny things I have ever seen in my entire life it's very very good uh, you'll find a link on Twitter uh, because I will ask Luke to tweet it as well Okay. It's one of the most funny Peter Pan thing I have ever seen. Anyway, <laughs> uh, any Jeremy things you want to talk about? Well, the first thing we could talk about is YouTube uh, taking away everybody's check marks earlier this week yeah. and then just all of a sudden deciding uh, oh. that was a really bad idea. Maybe we should not do that. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, you really want to see uh, PSI, I guess. Have you seen this commercial? I have. Oh, you've already seen it. Well, if you've already seen it, then we don't have to watch it. Oh, we, we will play it. It's awful. Okay. Let's do it. I wanted your reaction because it's only weird the first time you see it. But let's go ahead and play it. Give me a countdown. Okay. Uh, what are we watching? Tell the people. Back to School Essentials, a commercial called Back to School Essentials. Mm-hmm. In three, 
two, one, play. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. Mm -hmm. These colorful binders help me stay organized. Yay. These yeah. headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the sneaker I wanted. It's pretty cool. What? What? What is going on? Why is he breaking the? Why is everybody running? These scissors really come in handy in art class. She's gonna stab somebody. These new socks. They're bleeding all over the place. What? What is this? What is happening? I love you, mom. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Yeah. Oh my god. What? It's back to school time, and you know what that means. School shootings are preventable when you know the science. Sandy Hook Promise. Learn more at sandyhookpromises.org. <sighs> that commercial is so messed up. <laughs> Yeah. I understand it's trying to bring awareness and shit, but like I think you took it one step yep. too far here. <laughs> A little? What? Really? This is just like terrifying people for the just for the reason of just to terrify people. It's not really bringing awareness, it's just scaring the shit out of people, right? That's what I think. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? It's awful. It's it's atrocious, and I when I saw it, I wanted to punch somebody. Where's the first pl place you saw it? I remember the first place what? I saw it. Where was the first place you saw it? The commercial? Yes. Oh, I heard about it. Somebody talked about it on a podcast. I didn't see it in anything. So this is the first time you saw it? Because... No, I I listened to it about uh, about it on the podcast. Then I went and watched it. Oh, so that was the first time you saw it. I you I went and watched it after you heard it. Yeah, okay. that was my question. Right. Yes. I saw it the first time when I watched the Democratic debates. It played on ah. ABC during one of the commercial breaks, which there were very few. But this is one of the commercials that played for me at least, and. I'm yeah. sitting there watching the debates and they're talking about gun violence and stuff during the debate and then they cut to the commercial and this was it. This was right after they were talking about that. It was like set up in a way by it seemed like. Like they were like talk about gun violence and then put this commercial on. It was very, very weird. Yeah. It's uh it's not just a little little weird. It's um Yeah. I don't know. It's disturbing, is what I, it is. That somebody thought that yeah. somebody think about this, bro. There was a boardroom of people that sat there and was like, "What commercial should we make to kind of bring awareness about uh, gun violence in schools?" And somebody brought this idea up, and it went through a whole bunch of people, and then focus groups, and then lawyers had to like probably be like, "Okay, that seems good. That seems all right," and it still managed to get on mm -hmm. TV. It's just crazy to me. Uh, some good news. Uh, yeah. Tulsi Gabbard yeah. qualifies for the next debate, Fro. Just yesterday. Woo! Yep, good. so she's going to be in there. Good. I wanted her in there, so that's good. <coughs> uh, did you watch uh, First We Feast with Shia LaBeouf? 
What is it called? First We Feast. Uh, it's a show where they ask uh, celebrities uh, questions while they eat uh, spicy wings. Oh, that. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Shia LaBeouf is in the news one. <laughs> Watch that one. Look. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want to say. Okay. It's uh it's uh it's something that's for sure. I noticed something weird Shall this week. Up. I I there's like yep. a main freeway that goes through Washington state, California and Oregon. It's like the interstate, you know what I mean? And I was dry I drove up it for, for like 2 hours this week. And you drive in Oregon on that interstate fro and I saw hemp plants up and down the interstate, just giant fields of hemp. Oh. Yeah, it was like, it's the first time I've ever seen that since, you know, since legalization. And it was really mm -hmm. crazy to see, like, I've driven up and down that part of the interstate a lot, and I know that it's like, there's a wheat, there's wheat fields, there's, uh, you know, berry fields, and apple trees, and pump, uh, pumpkin fields, and now it's like every other field, it's like pumpkin hemp, corn, hemp, pumpkins, Pumpkins, corn, hemp. It's like really crazy to see like the change in agriculture just from legalizing here. Uh, also from YouTube. Uh, uh, have you ever watched the, the John Tron show? Oh, yeah. I saw the newest one with the goop, the goop thing. Yeah, with Gwyneth, with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. It made me want to go deeper into it because I did. I did. It like yeah. he goes into it pretty good because it's it's almost a twenty minute video. But I went deeper into it, and you can oh, go yeah. deeper down the rabbit hole. Believe me, Fro, and it gets even crazier. Uh, Epic Rap Battles of History came out with a new video: Mother Teresa versus Sigmund Freud. Fucking amazing! <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah, I've been watching this guy, uh, Curtis. Curtis Cooner, who's another commentary channel I just found this week, and I've been checking out some of his stuff, so he's pretty good. Check him out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I think that's uh, it. What, Plugs, uh, audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Uh, we didn't do any of the plugs <clears throat> in the middle of the show at all, did we? Share the podcast. Uh, email address uh, another digital citizen at gmail.com check out our Facebook page our Twitter page uh, we're part of the pod all the time network on Twitter I'm terrible at Twitter I don't have any time to deal with it right now honestly <laughs> so I just post whatever <laughs> I'm posting on the Facebook usually just right onto the Twitter and just it's generally just copy and paste so if you're seeing one thing one place you're seeing it the other place so that as for as of right now I, maybe I'll get less busy in the future, but that's just what it's, what it's going to be. Uh, next week is nothing special next week, is it? Is there anything special next week? Not that I can think of, no. Really? Are you sure? I mean, there's a lot of TV to cover. I know that. Yeah, but is it some special episode next week, maybe? Is AEW next week? No, is the special episode of our podcast next week? Maybe. Oh right, right. It's I, I forgot that we were Jesus. already there. 
I, I, I'm hitting very hard here. <laughs> I thought we were still talking about television, and I was like, "Is oh yeah, yeah. what? Uh, yeah, yeah." But actually, I think AEW is on this week as well. It's on Tuesday, right? I know, I know. Okay, it's on Tuesday and Wednesday. There's a show both days. Yeah, yeah that's exciting. Uh, so we'll definitely at least cover the first show next week on our four-year anniversary show. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah, anniversary! We're not doing anything super out of the... Well, our main topic is a little different than we normally do. Yes. Uh, Since you talked about it, what are our main topic next week? We're going to recap six old topics we covered in the past, but want to, like, kind of redo. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to go through... Uh, a few, I mean, like, take ten minutes. We're not going to, like, completely recover it. We're going to remind people no. what it was about and then kind of go into anything we've kind of think we forgot about it, so. Uh, we will cover news of the week. Uh, what else will we do? What are we going to cover in the news next week, I guess is a good question. Uh... Definitely something is probably going to come out more about this impeachment thing, because I'm guessing it's probably already stuff out about it right now, because it's like an ongoing thing, so. Right. Uh, Then we will do Undone Episode 3. That will be interesting. It will be very interesting to see uh, how they go forward. Uh, We will do another digital review of the movie that I can't say the name of, because I'm Norwegian. Uh, a, a, see, I can't even say it now that you, now that you you got it in my head that I can't say it now. Abominable. Abominable. Yeah. I wasn't ready for that either. I was like, look, checking the news to see if anything else had come out about this whole uh, impeachment thing, but it doesn't really look like anything. Yeah. Oh, DOJ Mostly. declines to investigate Trump in Ukrainian call. That's that's new. Okay. Uh, but uh, hey, look. It's our new thing where we predict three things that will come up in the news. It's fun every week. Uh, I will go first. Uh, I think we will hear some super exciting Netflix news. Because we haven't really heard anything about Netflix. I think they will do something so uh, tr- uh, uh, to get ready for Disney because Disney this week uh, just had a fourteen day trial. You can uh, you could uh, you could uh, like uh, get yourself into a fourteen day trial now in America. So that's I think uh, I think Netflix will come out with something because the streaming wars. Uh, I'm going to predict uh, that there will be a call for another election in the UK. Uh, And my crazy out-of-the-way prediction is that we will finally find out who done uh, the fire in Notre Dame and it was the Prime Minister of uh, France. Okay. Uh, aliens show up um, <laughs> in in LA. Uh, 
In L.A. In L.A. Okay. specifically, yep. Um, okay. Something probably going to happen with... Uh, let's see. Oh, well, well, yeah. We'll definitely get something about Julian Assange. And then we'll probably get yeah. something... Uh, some kind of uh, vaping story about how bad vaping is. That's my guess. Okay. Uh, have we gone through everything that we're supposed to do then? I think that's everything for me. Okay. My name is Fro. What's your name? My name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye.